Hello, I am Paul, your podcast announcing utility liaison. This week's episode covers plot points from a recent big budget superhero film. As such, the Grand Council of Cinemagoers mandates that we deliver you a blanket spoiler alert. You have now been alerted to the presence of spoilers. And now, on with the show. Yeah, 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 come and take a look at the snow. Bright white as far as your eyesight goes. Come and take a look at the fields of snow. I'll just get my coat, then we're good to go. Come and take a look at the lake. Let's have a quick skate before it gets late. Come and take a look at the frozen lake. Put your clothes on, mate, then make that mistake. Greetings, holiday shoppers. There are now 120 shopping days left until Christmas, and I think you know what that means. That means it's time for another episode of Christmas Creeps, your one-stop shop for holiday movies and TV shows all year round. Uh, Since 2015, we've been putting this show on for you fine people, and uh, we don't have any any, uh, inkling of of slopping or slowing down yet. Uh, But uh, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about a new... Christmas movie. Hi, my name is Joseph Wade. I will be your host for this evening. Here with me tonight are my co-hosts, Johnny Five, the human robot. I take it to mean he's present. And also with us is uh, Mr. Bradford is here as well. Brad. Greetings, holiday shoppers. Okay, so we got can check, can check, and then, you know, uh, Joey Wade All next right. three. Well, you can't say can check without telling me what you what you boys are getting into here. What are you drinking? J-Man, what you got? Yingling. Bradford, what you got? I have Licking Whole Creek. Uh, that sounds gross. Juicy India Pale Ale. Oh, wait. it's uh, the... <laughs> Every word you said just got worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's called... I forget the actual... I don't... The name of the beer is not on this can. It's like a... It's like... I think they call it card collection or something. It's got a jackalope, and he's a card. I don't know. Are, are beer good. companies just like creating their own like collectible beer games or something? Uh, well, I think beer companies a long time ago just basically they've started using machine learning to generate new beer names. It seems like for the <laughs> most part, we fed this robot like thirty five different beers <laughs> to, to help it create new beer names. Oh, good lord. Technology is such a, such a wonder. Um, I am drinking the closest thing I could find to a, a Dr. Sivana beer. and I'm, So it's not a beer at all. It's a Dr. Zevia. Um, a Dr. Zevia. Yes. Lovely. When you, want, <laughs> when you want Dr. Pepper, but are too highfalutin to say so. Dr. Pepper yeah. shows up as a product placement in this film that we're about to discuss. Quite prominently, yes. On the level of a Forrest Gump uh, gag, if you will. Um, tonight, we are rounding out the summer movie season by discussing um, the superhero film that kind of kicked it off this year. Um, I hate to, It's weird to say it, 2019's Shazam, but I mean, it is. It's Shazam. Uh, this movie came out back in April. And kind of took me by surprise when I went to see it and discovered, oh my goodness, it is in fact a Christmas film. Why the hell did this come out in April? It's so heavily set in Christmas. That's a really good question. And I, w- I mean, the Christmas is inconsequential, but it's like it's incredibly there. It's yeah. I was going to bring this up much later, but we can discuss it now if you if you want to, um, because yeah, it's 
this is not like a joke or a gag or anything. Like if you haven't seen this movie, Christmas is like the setting, the time set, you know, time wise, as Brad likes to say, you know, one out of every 12 movies should take place at Christmas. And this one kind of does. But also, you know, the themes of being with family around the holidays and um, just having like the warmth of having, you know, a nice decorated home for Christmas. It's like all there in the film. And it's not an accident. So, and it's also about orphans. <laughs> Yet again, about powerful orphans with vaguely Old Testament uh, powers. Like, I don't know. I, I was can I just can I just go part. ahead at the very drop and say, spoiler alert, um, Billy, whatever Billy Beacom, Billy, Billy Batson, Billy Batman. Yeah, Beekman and Jax. That's that's what's in this thing. Billy's Billy's parents are both very much alive. However, we can assume that some of these other children's parents are in fact dead. So we've the got a dead st- parent alert. The film starts with a scene of us a, a scene where we have to assume a parent dies at the outset. Yeah, it turns out that's not the case, but that's how the film starts. So it's almost like it's almost like they made this movie to troll us specifically. It is a Christmas movie because it features dead parents <laughs> and orphans. Hallelujah! Oh my gosh! Uh, so, guys, I, I take it neither one of y'all caught this when it came when it hit theaters. New. No. Um, trying to think of the last time I saw a movie in theaters. It was probably Force Awakens. What was that wow. two years okay. ago? Uh, who knew? Who can say, Brad? Time is a flat circle, um, especially nowadays. No, th- no, it would have been four years ago, twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. I keep saying that like this presidential uh, administration's like greatest achievement is the complete and irreparable spaghettification of time. Like the last three years have been insanely long, and yes, uh, it's been it's been such a such a century gentlemen people people say it as a joke where they're like remember x that was y amount of time that was only six months ago even though it feels like years ago it's really true go down the fucking rabbit hole like live action disney movies remember dumbo (laughs) i you don't that came out this year didn't it (laughs) yeah it came out this year and also 70 years ago (laughs) and also same with shazam it came out Five months ago, and yet it feels like we're discussing a movie that maybe came out last year, or even ten years ago. Who knows at this point? Uh. Because the thing with Shazam is that, like, to talk about this movie, you have to talk about the entire DC universe, which is a giant clusterfuck of nonsense at this point. Mm. Especially do considering, you really do do you really have to though? Do you have to though? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. Br- Brad, if you're going to ask do you have to to any one thing that we do, you have to ask do you have to have a podcast about Christmas movies. No, you absolutely <laughs> do not. But since we oh, do well, in that case, good night everybody. Bitches, the fucking Diablo 3 season just started. Oh. Well, <laughs> now the show is about me talking to myself about Christmas movies. So. All right. <laughs> DC Universe. Okay, does Okay. So I've not seen any other movies in the DC universe. Okay, have you seen? And I don't really plan on it have because you, you motherfucked Zack Snyder. 
Okay, so you never saw the Batman trilogy? Like, that Batman Begins and the Nolan shit? Yeah. That's not related to this. Yeah. But it's... Oh, really? That no, they, does... they got the bright idea to do a fucking cinematic universe with, I think, Man of Steel or Superman yeah, Returns, yeah. one of those two. That's when yeah. that started? That's when all that mess started, and they took the one good movie they had, Man of Steel, and said, let's extrapolate this to fucking hell. Wow. And yeah, hot take of the night. Man of Steel rules. And then they ruined it. I'm going to say I did kind of enjoy this, though. Yeah, okay. I I enjoyed it as well. That's and that's that's let's let let's let that be the baseline where we're going to start tonight is that despite all their other previous past screw-ups, you know, Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad and whatever the hell is going on in Aquaman, Shazam is not any of that stuff and kind of decides to sideline a lot of it and say, "Let's just start simple and do something else and just be like a 90s-ass superhero movie that doesn't really relate to much of that stuff. And hey, guess what? It's so much better for it. Like, yeah, yeah. there's little nods, it, and it's like, yes, it, Superman it takes, lives in the same world, but that's all yeah, you need to know. Yeah, it takes place in a universe where the Justice League existed and is doing Justice league shit, but it doesn't really hang too much on it. Yeah, Right, like, the the really the most we ever see is, like, <laughs> the one kid, Freddy, is, like, always wearing some kind of Superman t-shirt or Batman t-shirt or Aquaman t-shirt. I don't know that he wears a Wonder Woman shirt or a Flash shirt, but sure, why not? I and... feel like there's one scene where he's actually wearing a Wonder Woman shirt. There's, like, this scene, there's a some sword in the middle of, like, a dub, or I don't know if it's a Wonder Woman logo, but that's the closest thing I could come it's, up to. It's either Wonder Woman or, Ze- or Zelda, one of the two. Who, who can say anymore? Uh, but point being, this has about as much to do with the DC universe as our actual universe in real life. <laughs> in in the sense that, like, sure, people wear Batman t-shirts out on the streets. Why not? It'd be so much weirder to wear a Batman t-shirt out on the street if Batman actually did exist, though. It's like, going I guess... to the, it's like wearing the, the t-shirt of the band whose concert you're going to see. Yeah, but then I guess there's also people that wear, like, t-shirts of bands and... People, you know, influencers have fans. I guess it would be the similar concept, but it's like it's like wearing the T-shirt of the superhero who is currently saving your life. Oh God, would that wouldn't that be the most embarrassing thing ever? No, what would be embarrassing is wearing a different superhero. What would be embarrassing? <laughs> oh, Batman, thanks. Um, can you put me back in the building and call Superman, guys? Can you imagine being saved by Batman while wearing an Aquaman T-shirt? Just think about that for a second. I can't. Well, you lost me. I can't imagine wearing an Aquaman t-shirt, so... Uncomfortable silence the entire time. (laughs) Just, like, Batman is, is like, roping his way through the city streets, and he's, like, holding onto you with one one arm, and he's looking down at you just like, really? He's giving you that look. That disdainful, (laughs) just Batman look. It's like, I should just drop you right now. Uh... Just a silent Batmobile ride back to the police station. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh... You know what? Batman's a billionaire. He can buy you a new t-shirt. <laughs> so Shazam, I guess for the purposes of our podcast, we're going to talk a little bit more about it as as it relates to Christmas and as a Christmas movie. Mm. Because, you know, that's what we do. But also Shazam is just it's just a damn fun movie on its own. And even without the Christmas trappings, it would I think it would be, you know, a totally fun movie. But the fact that it is couched in the holidays with Christmas trees and snow 
and themes about family and all that stuff just kind of heightens everything and makes it a little bit more, I guess, thematically special. I think we can compare it to some of the other movies you watch, too, where you have a director who's done, like, two films of moderate success, and he's just given the keys to a franchise and said, hey, go nuts, except this time it worked, compared to, like, I think Jurassic World. But yeah, like, Jurassic World is... I, that might be an odd comparison, since it, the, t- the connection is so tenuous. But, like, yeah... No, that, I mean, like... Who, who directed Jurassic World? Uh, it's yeah, Colin Trevorrow, who had who at that point had done like one or two indie films, and then Spielberg said, "Hey, you're a pretty cool dude. Here are the keys to the Jurassic Kingdom. Go crazy." So for the edification, yeah, he had of done those... Safety Not Guaranteed before that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. For the edification of those listening at home and myself, what are the other films that the person who did the director who did Shazam? He directed one of the Annabelle movies, Annabelle Creation. And also a couple of other like smaller horror films, Lights Out I think was Light- one of his. Oh, yeah, Lights Out. Yeah, I saw the short film version of that. Okay, yeah. So that's that's him. That's David F. Sandberg. Hmm. Um, so he he kind of comes at this from like a horror direction, and it's an interesting film. Like to to give a horror a horror guy a superhero film because like the demarcation between like horror and fantasy is very very slim and all you need to do is just kind of take the scares out of the horror and there you have fantasy and this is very much a fantasy but Mm. uh all right so i mean let's just get into the plot i guess the very first thing we see in the entire film is um the origin story of the villain which is uh dr savannah theo savannah or no wait thad savannah (laughs) thaddeus venture because I thought it was Brad at first, and I thought you guys were going to give me a hard time. That's how you know he's a villain, because nothing good ever came from someone named Thad. Thaddeus Savannah. Thaddeus Savannah. He sounds like a Civil War general. Yeah, I mean, general. the only Thaddeus, other Thaddeus I can think of is Rusty Venture, so yeah. yeah. Let's go with nothing good came out. When I was in middle school, I had to wear hand-me-down gym clothes, and the name it said on it was Thad, and everybody gave me shit for it. So... <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, but that's actually very funny. <laughs> it's a little, you went little, to this. Uh, we, we we went to the same high school where if you had to use the loners, they were like they put them intentionally put them in the wash with like red stuff so that they turned pink, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember one time I had to use the loners in gym class. And I was like, well, we got a small pair of shorts and a triple XL T shirt. It was like this weird ass like. Uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio-esque, like, shaming. that They thought that that was enough to keep kids from forgetting to bring their gym clothes in. I don't know. I don't know, man. Gym, I mean, gym class was weird. I'm only, I I'm, mean, and all that really resulted is made kids not ever take their clothes home to wash them. He's like, if I leave it in the locker, I don't forget it. Yep, pretty much. That's exactly what happened, and it was super gross, but hey. And I specifically remember... The I the reason I took shit for it was because the Thad whose whose clothes were handed down to me was a Thad who had historically been sent home because he had bed bugs. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Hell of a great eighth grade uh gym class for me. Anyway, so we get the <laughs> we get the origin story of Thaddeus Savannah, who is a kid. It's the, the beginning takes place in the 70s. Thad and his brother and his father are going to Grandpa's house for Christmas. 
So what, the song we hear in the background is uh, Do You Hear What I Hear? So immediately you're like, okay, we're in the Christmas mood. And uh, Thad gets whisked away to a like the, the cave of the wizard known as Shazam because Shazam thinks he might be the champion that he's been looking for. And the wizard declares to him that he is not worthy because the kid is tempted by the glowing sphere of the seven deadly sins and he very nearly takes it. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna like throw a uh, derail here, please. Fuck both that wizard and Thad's dad. They're both pieces of shit. Yeah, they're both very. It's like yeah, it's like no, it's like yeah. Thad is literally absolutely correct. Later when he like confronts the wizard to be like, "Yo, it's kind of fucked up that you just tell a seven year old you will never be worthy." That's kind of a dickhead thing to do, you old piece of shit. Well, thanks for yeah. just like jumping straight ahead to like the ne- very next point I was gonna make, but I, I appreciate that. You're welcome. Okay. Um. So yeah, Thad's not worthy, and the, he banishes the kid forever. Cut to like much later, and we discover that Thad has been working all of his life to like figuring out what the fuck this was, and who did it, and where, and why, and how. And like he's been studying this phenomenon where the wizard's been like appearing to people all over the world, and also likewise denying them. And it made me wonder why he didn't like team up with any of these other assholes who almost certainly would have been equally as pissed off as he is um you know super super villain team why not you and it's revealed that hundreds of people have had this challenge put before them and you don't you don't think this wizard's kind of a huge dick just pulling people (laughs) this this wizard's holding out for mr right when he needs mr right now (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is exactly what happens because, as it turns out, Savannah finally finds like the special key to unlocking this this uh, wizard's cave. Gets in there, steals the power of the seven deadly sins, shoves it right into his eye like a real jackass, and then walks. And then Shazam has to immediately find his champion, and he just grabs the ne- the nearest kid off the street. And the kid happens to be Billy Batson, who is an orphan. Yeah, and I want to I want to and... point out that like. The way he gains access to the wizard's cave is he basically guesses his pat his door code. <laughs> he guesses the password, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he guesses um, it correctly, but then he has to figure out that you have to do it seven times because seven deadly sins. He has Ugh. to do it seven times because that's what gives, you know, sends the email for your the reset password form. or It's basically the magic form of SQL and injection. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. And... and and the evil Nigerian prince sends him a seven-figure check. <laughs> so we're also treated to Billy's origin story of sorts, where he is at a fair with his mother, and his mother gives him a compass keychain, and then Billy gets lost in the crowd, and he can't find his mother. And we learn that Billy has been between multiple dozens of foster homes, and he always uh, runs away looking for his mother, um, we're treated to a scene where he steals a cop car only just to use the license plate reader or the license plate database to try to look up where his mother is to no avail. Um, and eventually he is put into a foster home run by or or sort of headed by two former foster children themselves. Uh, and we are treated to the cast of characters that are his foster siblings we have, I just want to say his mm-hmm. foster dad is a year younger than me. That's fucked up. Whoa, <laughs> the like the the big Samoan looking guy. I don't know if he's actually Samoan, but you know what I mean. 
that guy. Yeah. yeah, maybe cut that out. Maybe cut the Samoan. Thing no, no out. he 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 is he is Samoan Hungarian playing a Hispanic guy. Oh, was he? I thought he was supposed to be like legit Samoan. I didn't. I didn't no, know. Last that name they... is last name is Vasquez, and they speak Spanish a little bit to each other back and forth. The uh, oh. the husband and wife. Okay. Well, the, I... the whole po- the whole point of the foster family is that it's basically sort of a. I don't know the right term for this. Island of Misfit Toys. No, it's, it's, the, it's, it's, it's the Island of Misfit Children. The Island of Dead Parents. Oh my god. Well, you just cracked this one wide open, didn't you? Uh, very. This, this movie is very Christmassy, I'm telling you. It's, it, it really is. And each one of these kids has something dearly, desperately wrong with them. So, let's go through this, this cast of characters. We've got probably the, the most important, other than Billy. we got Frank... Who's going to be his BFF? Oh, no, you mean don't? We got Freddy. Freddy, whatever. It starts with an F. No, it's not whatever. Name. Like, you hear Freddy and Mary, and if you know anything about Captain Marvel, you're just like, oh, I see where this is going. I'm just surprised that they had that reveal in this movie and didn't save it for a fucking sequel, like with some Iron Man shit. Okay, so, okay. John, unpack that real quick, because I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Shazam, lives with a kid named Freddy and a woman named Mary. He lives with Mary Marvel and Captain Marvel Jr. Okay. 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 I, what I'm saying is I'm surprised they didn't, like, have that like, – any – any a slightly shittier superhero movie would still have those characters and just have that set up and just leave it hanging for, maybe we'll get a sequel. I don't know. No. But like, I, so, like, like, fucking the War Machine suit in Iron Man 1. Yeah. Is there some link between Captain Marvel and Shazam? Wasn't it some rights thing where they had to, like, split the Captain rights? Captain Marvel is Shazam. Uh, okay. The original name of Shazam was Captain Marvel, but then when Marvel kind of started being a thing, they kind of lost slash gave up on it and just said Shazam's a better name anyway. Okay. But it took a while for them to switch the name over from what I remember. Hmm. Yeah, so the, it it, it, it kind of worked itself out over many, many years, but uh, now it's basically just Shazam and we don't talk about Captain Marvel. Okay. All right. So we had Freddy. And he is the superhero nut, and he's very much into them, and they're they're roomies. Uh, they will eventually end up being best bros after also, some trial and error. Yeah, he's also handicapped, uh, walks with a, a cane of some sort. And Correct. Boy, they milk that one a lot in this film, too. Yes, they certainly do. You're going to have to help me out with these other names because I got pretty it. much everybody else is walking stereotypes, more or less. Oh, uh, there's uh, Eugene, yeah. who is the gamer kid. We have the uh, we have the small Asian gamer kid. Yeah, we have the, we have Mary, who's the Mary Marvel character. Is I don't that know how the, else to fucking describe her? Is that the her, older older yeah, white girl who's trying to apply to colleges? Her entire character is that she's going off to college. Yes. Yes. Then we have we have the. The larger Hispanic or Latin child. Is that really, they really just went with that one, huh? Yep. Yeah, they went with a Hispanic name for a Hispanic character. Yes, they did, Brad. Okay. All right. I thought it was 2019. Okay. All right. Fine. We're just going to let that one sit there. Uh, Then we have the the small, adorable uh, African girl who apparently her main trait is she just will never stop talking and is very cute and nice. And she's a big Darla. hugger. And, and yeah, she's Dar- a hugger, yes. Darla is, ah, uh, depending on how you def- you feel about small children, the MVP of the film. Yeah, she's a treat. Um, then we, let's see, who's left? 
That's, that's it. Not that's every, five. That's that's everybody. All right. I I also want to make a joke about how Billy spends five nights at Freddy's, but I don't want to do it. So <laughs> Welcome to video game chat, everybody. I mean, if we weren't already with the small, what is what is his name? I Ian. Said- I said the secret word, and all, all of a sudden, a door unlocked into video game chat. No, okay, no, we're going to say something video game relevant to this movie. What is going on with the guy who wrote this movie? Um, later on, uh, Eugene mentions about hacking games. The two examples he lists are Watch Dogs and, and Uplink. Uplink. Uplink came out in 2001. Yeah, but that's such a deep cut to reference in a like yeah. a AAA movie like this. I kind of, I was like, okay. All right, I've played Uplink, and I played it back when it came out, and I was yeah. like, whoa. The only thing I can okay. think of is if you just, maybe if you just search hacker video game, Uplink is one of the top results, maybe? Yeah, I think they just Googled hacker video game, and that's what came up, but still. It's a Uplink's Warner Brothers movie, cool. and they couldn't even say Enter the Matrix? <laughs> I mean, Uplink is a very, very much a better ver- uh, example of a hacker video game. Have either of you played Uplink? I, I fucking not. love Uplink. I am so bad at it. Oh, okay. I need to, I need to get back into it. I never actually got the story going in Uplink. Um, Joe, the basically the Uplink is you have what looks like an old computer. You you when you load the program, it just looks like an old computer, and you can start doing hacker things where you can use a you know a dial up modem to to freak phones, and you can download scripts and do like script kitty stuff at the start. And you start yeah. emailing around with like hacker groups and go on hacker BBSs. It's it's basically a hacker simulator. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's. I it's, gotcha. Okay. I, I would say it's it's a hacker simulator inspired by like hackers and war games and sneakers and shit like that. More oh than yeah, like actual hacking. Absolutely, it's like totally tongue in cheek and not the it's, real way it's, that it's hacking said, works. It's, it came out in 20, 20, 2001. It's set in the far distant future of twenty ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's what you would think of when you think of hacking simulator. It's it's fun. Okay. Check it out. Enough. Check it out. And, right. and obviously this this uh, 11-year-old kid certainly did. Any um, other do have we gotten it out of our system? This was actually a relevant video game chat. I think that's it. I think we that we should just close the door and say we're not worthy for more video game chat. <laughs> okay. Um let's Oh, there's let's there's this... only one other video game. They play Mortal Kombat because it's a DC property. And then also, I think the joke was he was playing as Raiden he was, because he's he was the, no, he was playing as Johnny Cage. Freddy was playing as Raiden. Oh wait, really? Oh, I thought the yeah. oh okay. I thought the joke was that um, Billy or Shazam with like his superpowers was basically super good oh, at it, video games as well. No, oh it, it, no, Billy was winning as as Johnny Cage, but like I think. I'll- I think that, but like, yeah, he was sitting on like the one side of the screen where he should be player two, unless these kids were both fucking sociopaths and were like crisscrossing, which okay. that's fucked up. And I refuse to watch a movie where kids like sit on the wrong side of the TV. Also, they were playing Mortal Kombat because a new Mortal Kombat was just about to come out, and that's like corporate synergy galore. Yeah. Okay. We all Hooray, we're all good. Warner Brothers. Yeah. Did no. we get it? <laughs> anything, Warner Brothers. Anything we can do to talk about like. <laughs> Of companies other than the big D, like we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's really a weird, weird year we're in, where we're like cheering for the other, not, not you know what I mean though. Hooray for other brands! Yes, hooray How for other this... brands that have not been subsumed into the er media brands. How did this movie take place in Philadelphia, and not some like made up bullshit? By the way, what do you mean? 
Because this film is all about family, and what is Philadelphia if not the city of Philadelphia? Is a real place in a universe of Metropolis, Gotham City, Center City, Keystone. I see what you're saying. Okay, all right, I get it. That's a good point, though. If somebody knows about DC stuff, I'm sure there's there's got to be their weird like Philly equivalent. Hit us up. Let us know. Real talk, it was probably because they got pretty good tax incentives to film in Philly, and you can't really hide Philly when you're filming in Philly. Uh, yeah, and they even embrace it because they do like a uh, they they go to the the Philly library and they do the Rocky thing where they mention Rocky and whatnot. Yeah. So no cheesesteaks in this film, however. Um. All right. Where were we? Let's 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 zap through this plot, if we will. Brute force this plot. Okay. Um, so yeah, most of the early part of the film, like once once Billy gets his Shazam powers, uh, is him and Freddie kind of learning what Billy's powers are, videotaping it, putting him up on YouTube, making him seem to be some kind of some kind of like you not YouTube celebrity, but like local, but like a local like celebrity, just just in his trying to fly tests and his tests where they're um, setting him on fire to see if he's you know, fireproof and just weird shit like that. Um, and then also along the, along the sidelines, Dr. Sivana is here subsuming power and destroying his family so he can take over the company or not even, he's not even taking over the company because no, he's, he's, he's just doing the mother of all, you know, you shut the fuck up dads. Yeah, exactly. He did literally kill his dad, which does validate our dead parent alert. Okay. It's so just now, the first time on. that we've had a villain kill their own dad on any movie we watch for this <laughs> the, podcast. The first, time, the first time any character in a Christmas film has ever murdered their parents on screen. Correct. Wowzers. So, actually, we should stop right now because uh, having discussed, you know, Billy's family and all, those, all the kids... Uh, Dr. Sivana has, has also sort of subsumed his own family as, <laughs> in the form of the seven deadly sins. Yes, which are all weird goblins. And some of them have, like, the right, or the, some of them are portrayed as the things that they are supposed to be, but then others but are just, most like, Most of them are not. Characters. Yeah, yes, like, there's, like, yeah, of... like, Gluttony looks like a fat dude, and... Like Where Grass he, is a really big dude, and then there's just Vince Clortho and Zool hanging out too. Yeah, Green yeah. has four arms, which is like actually pretty appropriate. He's basically a machamp. And, <laughs> I, <laughs> and then I'm I, assuming Lust is the one with the very long tongue. And I only say that because last year when the Venom movie came out and everyone decided that Venom was hot all of a sudden. <laughs> this is news to me. Okay. Oh, the the everybody everybody wanted a piece of that venom tongue. Let me tell you. Oh boy. Okay, th- this is how fucked up like the current like like zeitgeist is, I guess, because we're like talking about how like venom is hot and Ted Bundy is daddy and can get it. Like, what the fuck, humanity? <laughs> we don't have heroes anymore. We're all just horny on Maine, and everybody knows it. <laughs> Uh, Weirdly enough, like, the way they portray Shazam in this movie, he is not, like, he's not, like, cut or or portrayed like that at all. He's just a big goofus in a big dumb suit, you know? It's kind of great, actually. Jared Bolsonaro saw a picture of Mario and Luigi kissing on Twitter, and that's why he set the rainforest on fire. (laughs) 
<sighs> you know, they can't depose you if you're already on fire. <laughs> so Shazam, huh? <laughs> so, the, the best way to describe like the, the Shazam character is something that someone literally says to him in the film. Like when he first like wakes back up on the subway, this dude is like right in his face, just laughing and screaming at him. And he goes, my brother, I applaud your choices today. Gold shoes, gold shirt, gold cape. It shouldn't work, but by God, it does. That's yeah. kind of this movie. It shouldn't work, but by God, somehow it does. Yes. Yeah, I don't even want to knock it too much for being an origin movie, though it does spend like an hour and a half of its two hours and 11 minutes being an origin movie. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of the most fun of the movie anyway, because yeah. once the hero and villain actually meet, it becomes literally every other superhero film you've ever seen. Yeah. This movie takes a, a turn into not nearly as much fun after that point, because if this movie were just the first half of this movie, I probably would have thought of it much better. I don't know. Or maybe some small stakes sort of situation. I don't know. Like, I think if this if this movie had been a TV show, I think it would have worked much better. Because I have I've just started watching on Amazon that the show called The Boys. Have you guys seen any of that? I've heard Karen of it, but... likes it, but I've not seen it. Well that movie does a lot of the same stuff that this one does where it has the time to sort of just hang around and watch these superheroes be jackasses and do nothing. And then every once in a while, they will advance the plot. And I feel like this movie needs a lot more time to just let Shazam be a jackass. Superhero slice of life, if you will. Exactly. Exactly. Because that's what's fun about this the character. I really don't care about his, like... Uh, narrative arc as an orphan coming to terms with his family that's nice it's the way it wraps up at the end is kind of nice but it's a little inconsequential Hmm. and his his battle against dr savannah is kind of uh, rote you know it's it's just it, it it exists because it has to but watching him discover what his powers are and watching him just be a goof and be nice to people and also silly I think it's just that I like Zachary Levi as this character, and I don't really care to see dramatic plot twists anymore. Speaking of rote, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to summarize the rest of this plot in six sentences. We're going to cut out the fluff. I'm going to do it so we can actually talk about the things we like about this movie or didn't like about this movie. Sound good? No no fuss, no muss, all wheat, no chaff. Let's do it. Okay. Sentence one. The doctor finds out that Billy is Shazam and wants to take his powers. Okay. He Sentence two. He finds out that Billy is an orphan, has all of these family that he has come to care about after his mom rejects him. He found out about his mom. That's in parentheses. That still counts as part of the sentence. Nice dependent clauses there. I appreciate that. All right. Sentence three. The doctor takes Billy's family hostage and they escape back into the magic mountain where they find out that his weak, the doctor's weakness is when he lets the demons out of his eye, he gets weaker. Not to be confused with Six Flags Magic Mountain, but the actual Magic Mountain. I think that's what they call it. They call it the Rock of Solitude or something? It's the Rock of Eternity. Rock of Eternity. Okay. That doesn't count as a sentence. I was at three sentences, right? Yes. Yes. All right. Sentence four. 
Billy fights the doctor and all of the kids get the Shazam powers transferred to them when Billy realizes that he needs allies and this is his family. Jeez, spoiler alert. We're going over the plot. There's no spoilers here. <laughs> no, Brad, give me a break. Sentence five. They all break up into equal parts and fight all of the baddies and then bring the doctor to justice. Sentence six. They're all one big happy family and I guess they're going to live together now because they all have Shazam powers. I don't know, man. And... It, Freddy gets to eat lunch with Shazam, which is what he always wanted the end. Sentence seven. The doctor teams up with a space worm. Wait, what? Did you not watch the end credits scene? There's a after end credits scene. It's a scene. fucking superhero movie, Brad. Oh, I forgot about I thought that was only a Marvel thing. I don't it's know, It's an man. everybody thing. <laughs> All right. Well, wait. So they didn't actually kill the doctor, but they put him in the no, top they, car. They're, they're heroes. Happens. They put him in jail. So, no, the, the after credit scene, the doctor is in his prison cell obsessively writing the Shazam glyphs all over his prison cell. And okay. then all of a sudden, he hears this voice that, that basically entices him to team up. And he sees a little worm sitting on his windowsill. And it's a fucking space worm talking to him through some kind of uh, device that lets worms speak. Worms speak. It's <laughs> insane. Let's worms pee. <laughs> Okay, I'll have to go back and watch that yeah. then, I guess. And for for clarity's sake, it's not it's not just random like LSD bullshit. It it is an actual established character, Mister Mind, and like no. the DC shit. Yeah, okay. I, I'm aware of that. I mean, like that it's an actual character, but I, I this is we're reaching the point in superhero uh, fatigue, superhero saturation, where I don't know any of this shit anymore. <laughs> And I rely um, on people like Jonathan and the internet. Oh, I just retain stupid bullshit. Like, I went into this being like, okay, I wonder if Mary Mauer's going to be in this. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Okay, did I do a good job with my... You, I guess I should have made it seven sentences. You should have made it seven sentences to go along with the seven deadly sins and the seven yeah, everything else. I know, I know. that. Would, well, you did it with the post credit scene. That was the surprise seventh sentence. Um yes. Now we can get into, so I did distill the plot down into its barest bones, but I think this film is best when it is doing this superhero slice of life stuff and like all of the, the small little jokes. I think that I have not seen the Deadpool films. I don't think I really want to see the Deadpool films, but I think this might be the closest we will ever get to a live action Freakazoid superhero film. I was going to bring up Freakazoid actually. Yeah. Because it's very inconvenient as a superhero to have your superhero name be the command that, like, to basically be your aloha. And also that you're using an aloha instead of a hello and a goodbye. <laughs> like, Freakazoid has the advantage of there's no con- context in which he's going to say freak in except to stop being Freakazoid. Yeah. He's not going to accidentally say it. Oh, right. Like, <clears throat> when they're holding the staff and he has to say, no, the name I say when I want to turn into this guy. Yeah. Because exactly. if he actually said the name, he would have just turned back into Billy. I mean, what, what what happens if Billy Batson wants to do a Gomer Pyle impression? <laughs> and he has yeah. to go, Shazam! And then he turns into, like, a weird hillbilly version of a superhero. And that's really <laughs> creepy. Speaking uh. of which, there back in the early... I read the early Captain Marvel shit. Um, there were other kids named Billy Batson who got similar powers just by coincidence. There was Tall Billy, Fat Billy, and Hillbilly. 
Oh my god. Are you for real? Yes, I'm not fucking making that up. Wow, that's this amazing. Is some clerical error shit where they just accidentally applied the superpowers to everybody named Billy. Uh. It, it it makes me wonder. Well, actually, I don't really have to wonder because I have a pretty good idea why why they didn't try to make a Gilmore Pyle Andy Griffith show reference in this movie that was made in 2019 for children. I just answered my own question. <laughs> because it would have gone over literally everybody's head? It would have gone over, a, yeah, Mount Everest's head at this point. But uh, I don't know. I feel like that might be a, a question better asked uh, to our, our, our buddies over at uh, Breaking Mayberry. So we'll have to pose that to them some at some point. Where am I going to go with this? Okay. What's, what's, y- what's y'all's favorite goof? Because there are some good goofs in this, this film. I think my favorite goof was the extended uh, clowning on Envy to draw Envy out of uh, Dr. Zavanna. <laughs> okay. That's, I mean, that's a pretty good uh, plot turn, yeah. Um, my, favorite, my favorite goof is when Darla becomes superhero Darla and she sees the mall Santa and immediately runs up to him and tells him that she's been a good girl all year. Like, and what she wants, that's, yeah. It, that's it's adorable. So good. It's that's very adorable. good. I think my favorite goof might be we, and earlier in the movie when um, Billy, which is another, this is another good slice of life type thing, is like Billy is uh, dealing with the fact that he looks like an adult and now he can drink beer and go into strip clubs and do all these sorts of adult things that are actually okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he goes into a strip club and then later in the film he is pressured into picture picturing an area so that he can transport everybody, and he ends up picturing the strip club, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> so there you have it. And that's called that the scene was trap. full of good jokes too. Like um, Mary is like annoyed at him. Freddie comes out covered in glitter. Pedro is just kind of like, I don't really get the appeal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Darlo just wants to know where the glitter came from, and can she have some glitter? Uh, the other, the other very good joke is from the original strip club scene is the fact that uh, he, Shazam comes out after like two and a half minutes with a full basket of wings already. He's <laughs> got the it's pretty special. Good. It's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> yes. Oh man, but no. So we we've kind of been talking around it, but you know, Christmas is a big part of this movie. Like, there's a whole fight scene that takes place in a shopping mall with a Santa village around. The big final fight scene takes place at uh, the winter carnival known as Chilladelphia. Chill, chill, Chilladelphia. And Which I, I, I want to pause and give us a props for having it set at Christmas in a place where it actually fucking snows at Christmas sometimes. Yes. Unlike Cobra, where it's just, it's Southern California, but there's just a bunch of Santa Clauses around because why not? Big, They're in the fucking desert. Ups. Yes, big ups for that, and then also big ups for the thematic tie-in where Billy was originally abandoned at a carnival, and then he finds his true family at a carnival. Yes, absolutely. It's implied that it's at that carnival. Say what? It's implied that he was abandoned at that carnival because oh. he's in he's in the, the exact same uh, uh, dark balloon booth. Oh, That's dang. True, yeah. And then also because the, the fact the Ferris wheel is very permanent, I guess that implies that that carnival exists year-round and it's just been re- dressed up for Christmas because he was abandoned at a carnival in Philly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, spoiler alert. His mom is still alive and she abandoned him because she felt like she couldn't take care of him. There you go. Yeah, that, like, if, there, if there had to be like a, a, a like a sour note, a sad note, like I'm... I'm 
I'm not gonna say I'm glad that was it, because damn, that's depressing. But like, it, it's like it's a good beat. Like it, it works and it establishes the fact that like his foster family is his real family. You make our yeah. own families here, like the like uh, what's his fuck in Fast and Furious. <laughs> you know, I don't have friends. I have family. Okay, a Dom Toretto or Dom Toretto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. My one discussion question I was going to ask, which John just went a- went ahead and and put up on Front Street. Why does anybody release holiday movies in April or July or any other time but the holidays? Mm. It makes me wonder if this was originally meant to be released like, you know, last Christmas. It would have been. mm, Yeah, I'm going to posit that the holiday movie like pantheon so to speak is already so full that you're taking a big risk trying to unseat something in it because why release a christmas movie when people are gonna be like fuck that i could just stay home and watch a christmas story 17 times in a row <laughs> i guess yeah. but then like when you're talking about going to the movies the big holiday movies these days are like the last 10 years or so have been hobbit movies and star wars movies and stuff like that and the Christmas movies that are released at Christmas are shit like Office Christmas Party and The Night Before and Bad Mom's Christmas. Stuff that's honestly pretty forgettable. Fair. I mean... Like, the last... Chronologically, the last Christmas movie I can remember that we we haven't watched, actually, that like people would put on their, like, their list of, like, oh, these are my all-time favorites is fucking Elf. We still mm. have not gotten to Elf. Allow me elf. to Allow me to hit you with this theory. Okay. So, when they're optioning this movie, and when they're writing up the original script, they set it at Christmas, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people know about Shazam, and this is a somewhat untested director for the AAA sphere, right? True. True. So, they're hedging, I think they hedged their bets and said, well, if this is mediocre or a stinker, we can put it out around Christmas because nobody has anything better to do during Christmas, and we'll get some of that nice, nice SEO since it is a Christmas movie. But then the final cut comes in, and they realize, okay, this is a good movie. We're going to release it during the summer movie block. I think mm-hmm. that's what maybe happened. Just it's saying, possible. maybe that's a no. that's a little cynical, but maybe that I think that might. Well, I think I'm... it was like a definitely a marketability thing <laughs> where they could do it. They could have it either way. You know? Well, I mean, when when you're talking about like the release of a giant like two hundred million dollar movie, you cannot get cynical enough. So I think any any theory like that is probably a, a decent theory. Yeah, I'm I'm looking on like the the movie's web pages like Wikipedia, IMDb, and I don't see like any proof that or any indication that this ever was planned to be released at Christmas anyway. Hmm. So it makes me it makes me think you might be right, and they were. Producing this film because they knew, like, well, superhero stuff does well in the early spring, you know, in spring and summer. But also, if we make this a Christmas film, we can goose that number a little bit extra when the holidays roll around. And we can start, you know, releasing, you know, special edition stuff for Christmas. And then two years from now, we can start putting it on TV and, and pumping it up as, like, the, the superhero Christmas movie. Correct. Because don't no one remember Iron Man 3 anymore. <laughs> That's how fast this stuff moves. Uh, Oh, man. Remember Iron Man 3? I remember it. We watched it earlier this year, didn't we? There's a giant bunny that looked like it had tits. (laughs) 
that's the one. I'm glad that's the one thing you remembered from Iron Man 3. <laughs> it is the one thing that is seared in my mind. I, I shouldn't use such a vulgar term for breasts, but seriously, come on. It is the one thing that will be seared into my mind forever about that film, is that weird, gigantic bunny. The gigantic booby bunny. <laughs> <sighs> Fair enough. Uh. Fair enough. Um... Well, we've we've she, she has a, a name, guys. She's Lola Bunny. Oh, 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 oh! Before we before we do before we do crankometer, sure. Um, negative, like hits against this movie. I thought okay. I thought it was a I thought it was a little bit long, which is it, I mean it's a superhero movie, yeah, so of was, course it's going to be long. It was two hours and eleven minutes, I think, which is a little long for as goofy as a movie this was. Like, if you're going to be comedic, you got to cut the time down a little bit yeah agreed. agreed yeah especially nowadays when like i feel like we're just so tired of big overblown movies that any movie that can come in under two hours is kind of a blessing and this yes. one just couldn't cut it and like they had to juice it and give it a little bit more stuff i guess yes this movie kind of built itself out as like a superhero comedy akin to like the tom hanks movie big because it kind of has a similar plot Oh, they have mm. the fucking piano in it. Yeah, I mean, it's got, <laughs> it's got that re- like that reference is right there, and I feel like they might have over overplayed that a little bit because um, other than the kid getting big and then the piano, there's not a whole lot of big in this, and like you can make the one reference and that's fine, but then like when you kind of build that as your whole marketing strategy and say, oh, this is the superhero version of big. Cut, give me a break. Who the fuck remembers Big, first off? <laughs> people who make movies and people who watch movies. But mom, like, like mom and dad moviegoer, uh, what's Big? Who cares? I thought it would have so, been better for it if it actually had played up, again, that slice of life. Like, you're an adult now. <laughs> we can do shit. Let's go into an R-rated movie kind of stuff. And and they do a little bit of that, too. Like At one point, they go to a real estate agent and... and to see if she can find a secret lair for them. And <laughs> she asks them how many bedrooms they want. And Billy, as Shazam says, one. And then Freddy says, seven. <laughs> I, ass- assuming because he wants all of, all of their siblings to move into the superhero lair with them. Which is very cute. Which is very cute. And it does get a payoff at the end when they discover that they do have their own secret lair. In the form the of the Shazam, the, the Rock of Eternity. Yeah, that. But then John brought up a good point. John brought up a good question about that. All right. No, I absolutely don't remember what my question was. Your your question was, why are there only, why are there six kids and seven chairs, or why are there yes. seven chairs but six letters in Shazam's name? That was the question. Because they do do the thing at the end where each one of the kids like kind of specializes in one of the powers. It feels like. Yeah, where Darla yeah. has like the super speed and Freddie can Freddie Freddie can fly, and um, Pedro has super strength. Yeah, and so um, yeah, they were kind of doing that like strength of Zeus, the wisdom of Solomon, of, the yeah. strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. There, I, did. I feel like you did write that down, didn't you? I a- absolutely, I did. <laughs> So yeah, that is, that is a good question. I and John said this already that maybe Billy is the 
the exclamation point in Shazam because he has kind of all the powers and he's kind of the leader. But there's I mean, only five the, kids though. But there's yeah, there's still the, one kid missing. That's the sequel. They're saving that for the sequel. He has the red suit, so he's definitely that always makes him the leader of the Sentai group, right? So that that yeah, so that means Shazam is definitely the one who's going to die first. That's why the song <laughs> in the Ninja Turtles movie makes thinks that Raphael's the leader because he's wearing red. Okay, that makes yes. perfect sense. Finally, okay, a good ex- a good explanation for that. I've been waiting like almost thirty years to figure out why the fuck that's that's the case. Ta-da. Thank you, John. <laughs> I can die happy now. <laughs> uh. Well, I think we've talked it out enough. Uh, so now's the time in the episode where we have to go over to the crankometer and score this film on our patented XY axis. Where the x-axis is Christmosity and the y-axis is quality. Uh, so, gentlemen, uh, x-axis-wise, how Christmassy is Shazam? Hmm. I mean, oh. it's definitely there. Yeah. And it's. I would say it's even more so there than a Shane Black film. I would... I, I felt like it was more into the Chris, the fact that it occurs at Christmas than Iron Man 3 was. It it definitely uses it more and, and uses it more as an excuse to be a film about family and being together at Christmas. And what did we get? Do you have what we gave Iron Man 3? I can have that ready in just a minute. I'm, I'm guessing we gave Iron Man uh, probably a 1, if I recall. I want to say that. So I'd be willing to give this like a... It doesn't overdo it. And I think it could occur without Christmas, but I want to give it like a two because it has sort of those familiar themes about about family and uh, a little bit reconciliation, you know. And yeah. there's a Santa um, that curses a bunch, which is pretty good. Which is a good bit, yeah. Uh, yeah. Iron Man three, we gave it a one. Yeah, I'd give this probably a two, maybe a three if you can bring it up. I don't know. I'd say a two. It kind of it kind of weaves it in pretty. Um... Artfully, it doesn't hit you over the fucking head with it like yes. some movies are wont to do. Yeah, yeah, it gives it a good excuse, but also it's not entirely necessary. This could certainly have been a, a Shazam movie without Christmas, and we wouldn't have missed mm-hmm. it. Yeah, but at the same time, it it definitely strengthens the story and makes it a little bit more uh, powerful and more yeah. fun and more colorful. So I think it definitely at least it deserves a two. I'll I'll go I'll throw my hat in for a two. Okay. Cool. So on a Christmas, the X axis, it's a two. So then uh quality wise, guys, uh how'd y'all how did y'all like Shazam? I thought it was alright. I was I was at dinner with somebody last night and they told me they did not care for it. Um but I was pleasantly surprised. I liked it. It's probably the most I've enjoyed a DC movie since the Batman trilogy, and it's probably the most I've enjoyed a superhero movie, including all of the Marvel ones that I've seen in quite a long time, which is saying a lot, because I think that that goofiness and the fact that it never takes itself too seriously, um, other than the scene where a man gets his head bitten off, uh, is is a bit of... It's a breath of fresh air in this super serious, dark, gritty reboot sort of world that we live in. Um, I'm going to give it a three. I liked it. John, what about you? Yeah, I mean, 
it was I wasn't expecting much, and it was definitely better than I was expecting. Um, it didn't quite fall into like the same exact hole that Kickass did, even though it was playing around with a lot of the same ideas. It it seemed to pull those off a little a little better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I mean, I was expecting just an absolute fucking slog because it's a DC movie, and it definitely wasn't. So yeah, definitely a win in that category for sure. Yeah, um, I I would say uh, two or three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, and I guess for my part, um, I was talking about this movie last night uh, with my girlfriend Nikki, and we both agreed that like this was of the movies that you know the two of us had seen in theaters lately. This was one of the ones that we both kind of remembered the most fondly. And then watching it again last night, like, yeah, it's it's just kind of a pleasant, fun superhero movie. And really, when was the last time you that's all you wanted out of a superhero movie? Oh, I take that back. I will say there is one more pleasant, more fun, great superhero movie. And that is, of course, Into the Spider-Verse. Well, sure. But that is like that is like comparing a golden statue to, you know all of the rocks that you find on the ground because Into the Spider-Verse is amazing and I will never hear anybody speak badly of it ever, ever. But It really is a shame Spider-Verse wasn't a Christmas film because, man, we could talk circles around that movie. I would love so much to talk about Spider-Verse, but that's not why we're here. But it's Shazam is still really good. I, I'm I'm good settling on a, on a three like a decent three for this. It's it's a perfectly fun movie. It is a little bit long, and it does a lot of the same superhero stuff that we're just kind of tired of, but it does enough right, and it does enough in as light, a, a more lighthearted tone that I'm perfectly happy watching this again, and maybe again, and maybe a third time later down the road. So yeah, nice. I would give this a three. So that's also, a... mm-hmm. also of, of, the, of the 2019 superhero movies... That featured Jaimon Hansu, this is the best one. <laughs> because he he was also in the Captain Marvel movie and also in the Shazam movie. Wait, who is this? He's he's the old wizard in this movie. Oh, okay. Alright, gotcha. And then he plays his character from Guardians of the Galaxy in the Captain Marvel movie. And he was also in Aquaman, oh. Oh, he was, wasn't he? Huh. Yeah, that, that was last year, I guess, though, but still. Yeah. It's weird when they reuse actors like that. Like, um, this is a really strange poll. In Batman versus Superman, I remember the the character of the role of the president was played by Patrick Wilson, who just basically plays the president over the phone. All you hear is his voice, <laughs> and then he shows up in Aquaman as the main villain. Yeah, it's and like a for Dr. a hot s- dad, John Glover. Is, is like a long time like DC standby. He did, I think, the Riddler's voice in the Animated series. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look at him and all I can see is Mr. Clamp from Gremlins 2, which again uh, is a, unfortunately not a Christmas movie because I would love to do Gr- Gremlins 2 sometime. Can we just do a podcast that's just Christmas adjacent movie so we can talk about <laughs> Gremlins 2? <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe that's something to aspire to for like down the road. Once we finally, we're never going to run out of Christmas movies, but if we ever did, if never, we're ever like in ever. all living in an old folks home together and we can record an episode every single day and we run out of Christmas movies because because of the great media ban of 
2059, then we can, <laughs> we can, they stopped making movies in 2059. If we'll eventually catch up, then we can do Christmas adjacent movies. After, so after, the plan is not going to die by 2030. Oh no. Well, I'm, I, this is, look, we're living in a world of fantasy right now, John. Just let me have all this. Right, all right. <laughs> so after President Disney bans all other movies. <laughs> We're in and, our. <laughs> it's, so, John, the world may end, yes, but provided we can get enough Disney dollars, we can get into a a Marvel branded cryo vat where our brains all are put into the same Tony Tony Stark TM jar together and shot out into space. We can at least get through all of the Disney approved films, and then one, and then we can look at the older. When you said President adjacent. Disney, my head went to not Walt, but Roy Disney's head on like the Richard Nixon robot president body from Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Roy instead of Walt, but hey, so... <laughs> let me put this out into our hell universe. People argue, obviously, it's not, but people argue that corporations are people. Why? I'm honestly a bit surprised the corporation hasn't run for president yet. Give it time, Brad. I feel like that's probably going to be twelve years, twelve years down the road, when we're going to be deciding between President Coke and President Mon- Monsanto. I, for one, welcome President Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, uh. but what you're saying though is that. When the three of us have put our brains into a rocket and shot it out into space where we can still stream Disney X plus to the power of 10 infinity, <laughs> that is when we will be able to finally talk about Gremlins 2. As the Provided aliens ca- it hasn't been rotated back into the vault. As yes. the aliens capture our vessel and test our brains oh. for <laughs> special human uh, memory banks, yes. Then no, by that time, Gremlins we'll be able to talk about the live-action remake of Gremlins 2, and by live-action, I mean they just actually bred some Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> and all, all of the people uh, are computer-animated, but the Gremlins are real. We truly live in a hell world, don't we, John? The gentlemen? Gremlins are real, but their shenanigans are not. Joe Dante is still around, and he's just looking really, really pissed off about it. Good lord. So what we're saying here is that on our Craigometer, Shazam has scored a 2-3. A plus 2, plus 3. So Booker, book that on our uh, Crankometer scale, and we will march on to another wacky adventure in the coming weeks ahead. We do have some neat stuff in store for y'all. I don't know if any of it's going to come to fruition, but God, I have my fingers crossed. <laughs> Yeah. So what, you know, what, have, what have we? What have we said something about uh, Vince Vonathon? Um, Clark's conf- giving is coming up in, in yeah, November. Uh, we d- we do still have one more um, Sh- uh, Shane Black Friday coming up. Um, but yeah, so we have we definitely have plans and fun stuff. But if there's anything you would like to recommend that we do in the future, you can send those to us on Twitter at Christmas Creeps. Uh, email them to us at xmascreeps at gmail or go to our webpage and leave a comment. Go to iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you download podcasts, and leave a comment, rating, all that fun stuff. Let people know this is a podcast worth listening to as we're rolling into the holiday season here. Is there anything I'm forgetting? Um, I do want to mention this. Speaking of Christmas creeps and the holiday season, it is, it is, we're recording this just, it is August 25th, last weekend, which would have been forgive my math, would have been August 18th, 
I was at the the Costco shopping mart, and I saw that they had Christmas wrapping ribbons already out on the floor. So, gentlemen, uh, Walmart has never not had the Hallmark <laughs> Christmas decorations on a, on an end cap. Oh, really? Yeah. So, gents, the Christmas creep is a truly on, my friends. The creep, the. The creep will have always been on. The creep I, deepens. The, the creep deepens. It can only deepen from here. Oh, and I think, didn't we complain recently about whether Sheets still had or had early their Halloween candy? It's had early. I, I got an answer on that. Yeah, because um, I think as soon as August rolled around, that's that's when they put out the like the can, the ugh. The candy cane M&M's. Or no, the candy corn M&M's, excuse me. Yeah, but I swear Lord. they've had scream eggs nonstop, though. Like, I, I, I swear I've been, I've seen, I saw this in, like, April. <laughs> That's entirely scream possible. I mean, well, I mean, because the, the eggs, you know, once, once Easter comes and goes, you know, people just love those eggs. So any excuse to have one is, is welcome. I'll gotta try. have my eggs! Gotta have my eggs. Charles. I gotta get some of that creamy filling up in me. Uh, and that long pause is as bullshit. You can, get two, you can get real eggs for like way cheaper. <laughs> uh, and in, in, in lieu of having a conversation about the price of eggs, I'm going to say this has been Christmas Creeps. I'm Bradford. <laughs> I'm Joseph Wade. <laughs> you can get hard boiled eggs two for a dollar. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Night. Nice.